Hey guys, you got two bestie homeschooling mamas coming at you. I am Gail. And I'm Christina. And we have a really cool show for you today. I'm super excited and Christina is going to take it off today. Hi guys. Today we're actually going to talk about a tough subject within the homeschooling community. We're going to talk about homeschooling versus ESA, Empowerment Scholarship Accounts. We're going to talk about how and why they are different. Hear my heart here. If you are teaching your kiddos instead of sending them off to someone else to teach, you are doing a great job and we are glad you are here. We are not here to judge your choices and we are so glad that you actually have a choice. We just truly want everyone, especially those that are new to homeschooling, to know the differences and why this is so important. You may or may not agree with us. You may or may not agree with what we have to say, but please listen with an open mind. We just might say something that you haven't thought about before. We love ya. Okay, so we're gonna talk about homeschooling and ESA specifically. Just for clarification, here in Arizona, there are five schooling options. We have public school, private school, charter, homeschool, and then the recently expanded Universal ESA. So for homeschooling, what you do here in Arizona is you file an affidavit of intent to homeschool with your county superintendent within the month of pulling your kid out of school or when they turn six. Please don't send it in before they turn six. They will not take it. When you're filling out that form, you're going to check a box if you want to start formal education at eight years old. So you can delay it, but you still have to fill out that form. When you do this, you are agreeing to educate your student in the five main subjects. The how and the when is completely up to you. There's no testing or attendance requirements. That's it. This is the most free option of schooling here in Arizona. Now, remember, your state may be different. So you're going to want to make sure that you reach out to your state org to find out what the laws are like in your state if you're not in Arizona. And in our previous podcasts, in the curriculum podcast, in our community podcast, we've we've referenced to HSLDA.org is the kind of centralized website that has all of the state organization websites on it and all the state laws. So if you aren't sure where to go to find that, that's your website that you want to use. Yes, very good point. Okay, so that is a summed up version of what homeschooling is here in Arizona. Now, Traditional homeschooling. Traditional homeschooling. So let's talk a little bit about ESA and what that is. ESA here in Arizona stands for Empowerment Scholarship Account. About $7,800 per student can be given to the student into an account to be used for private schooling or for home education. These funds can be used to pay for therapies or curriculum. Currently, it is universal, which means that it is open to anyone in Arizona, but you do need to apply for it. However, it didn't always used to be that way. It didn't always used this to be is that new, way. new that yes. it's universal. Yeah. Um, just even two years ago, I think it was just two years ago, because I don't think it was even universal when we were thinking about homeschooling with mm-hmm. our son when he was in preschool. Mm-hmm. ESA has been around for about 11 years here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, it originally started for students that had special needs right. and their families or military families. Right. So and that-, that was the only reason we actually looked into it initially, because Corey is special mm-hmm. needs and he was in the developmental preschool and all of those things. And so that was the original reason we even checked it out. Yes. Yeah. Is because 
before we knew anything about it, we knew that it was for special needs kids. They didn't have it for universal kids until just last year. Yep. Just last year, it was signed by Governor, then Governor Doug Ducey, so that Anybody is eligible, but again, you do have to apply for it. After you apply, if accepted, you have to sign a contract with the state. There is a handbook, well over 100 pages on their website that you can read through. It covers what you can spend your funds on and what curriculums are approved. Funds are put into an account quarterly so that you can submit for reimbursement of what you have spent of approved purchases. These... There used to be a debit card, actually. Mm -hmm. I I have heard, I don't know for sure, but I've heard that they aren't handing the debit cards out anymore. If that's the case, then it's solely reimbursement. Mm -hmm. Let's see. The funds come from the taxes that we pay into our local school. So you and I both pay taxes into whatever school district, school that we're in. Mm -hmm. A portion, not all of the taxes specified for each student, goes to the student and then the family can then choose if they're going to use it for private school or home education. Mm -hmm. There is expected to be about 100,000 kids here in Arizona on ESA this school year, this current one that we just started, 2023-24. Which is a lot more than last year. more than there was just two years ago when it was just special needs families Mm -hmm. and military families. Yes. Those are very brief summaries Mm -hmm. of what homeschooling is versus ESA. Thoughts? Questions? What I'm hearing you say is that traditional homeschooling is I'm filling out a paper and I'm telling the state I'm doing this at home. And if I'm going to do the ESA situation, then I'm actually signing a contract with the government. Mm-hmm. You are. Now, let me just let me just throw this out there for y'all. When I chose to take my son out of the public school system, we did that for a specific reason. Hear my heart. If you didn't take your kid out of the public school system because you're okay with the government being all up in your business and all up in your kid's business, and if you're cool with that, you're cool with that. I was not cool with that. My husband and I were not cool with that. So if I'm not okay with the government raising and teaching my son, why would I sign a contract with the government to tell me how to regulate my homeschooling? I don't know. Is that That's what I'm hearing. There is absolutely, there is a very big difference there between the two. One, you are notifying the state that you are homeschooling and that you have the authority to choose how and, and what you teach. With the other option, you are signing that contract with the state for them to hand you this handbook Mm -hmm. and and you get to work with the state then to have your curriculum approved. So is there curriculum currently that is not approved by the state? That's a great question. They can turn down curriculum at any time for any reason. Mm -hmm. I do not specifically know if there are any that are not accepted or or not. Okay, gotcha. Obviously, we're both traditional homeschool families. Correct. So, yes. You know, I chose not to take the ESA. My husband and I chose not to take the ESA in our household, again, because we didn't want the government teaching our kid. Therefore, we didn't want the government regulations on our family. So that's kind of what I was hearing when she was telling me, oh, gosh, this is what this is. Um, That's kind of a lot of the research we did. And we're really new to homeschool. So we still are learning a lot about all of these options. So having her you know, Christina and um, our homeschooling support group and the state 
and even the ESA guideline books, it's very important that you do your research mm-hmm. and, and what it is that they will not and will allow, you know? And keeping in mind, regardless of, of whether you choose to take ESA or not, right. knowing that if you are turning in your receipts and you're getting reimbursed for whatever curriculum you choose, mm-hmm. knowing that at any point that approval can change. Right. Right. And even if they don't take the money back this year, they could then not approve that curriculum the next year. Correct. Right. My understanding, too, is that there currently is not. So my my research showed me that there was not currently any um, term limit or time frame in which they could not look through your account, basically, and and audit it. Um, So let's say we decided to take ESA this year for some reason. And then we decided to not take it next year, or we decided not to take it the subsequent years after. So we took it for one year, we got $7,800, we spent it all. Now let's say it's he's in seventh grade, our son, and we did it in first grade. There's nothing saying that when he's in seventh grade, they're not going to come back to us and say, hey, we didn't like how you spent this $3,000. So we need you to reimburse that back to the state. There's no statute of limitations, basically, in their rule book stating that they won't have any specific auditing time frame um, of your accounts, like those kinds of things. So just kind of be aware of that. There are many people who say, oh, that just won't happen. But there's nothing in the guidelines that say that it won't or that it can't. So if it's not if it's not on if it's not written in black and white, anything can happen. So just kind of keep that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. That was what we got out of it when we read through all the things. Mm-hmm. Okay. My concern too, and I kind of was curious what you thought about this, is when I saw how many people were expected to have it this year, this these ESA funds, um, is is how is this sustainable with this many kids? When I know that that's not how much I pay into my state taxes for. For school funds, you don't pay seven thousand eight hundred dollars. Seven thousand dollars. I do yeah, not either. For one kid, so where is all of that coming from, and how is that sustainable for our state? That has been a question that has been in the news a lot lately, especially with our current governor, who is not thrilled with the program. So that's a tricky one to answer. I don't pay that much in Texas. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have five kids. So well, and I, so then that's my other question. What if you have several children who you're getting the ESA funds for and then you're used to you know, I don't know, 28000 or $32,000 a year for education. And then you decide or they decide, like, let's say the the funds are now no longer available because the sustainability is not there. How then do these families work through that? Like, how can they then say, oh, wait, where's my $28,000? I mean, how do they prepare for that? That would be a very big hit to your budget. Right? Yeah. That would be very difficult to work through. And I guess that was part of my concern, too, when we investigated it was, you know, and I only have one kiddo, but would be to take all of these funds. And then what if the the sustainability was not there? Because let's just be honest, it's a state program. And sometimes it just isn't there, especially when it goes, bam, Mm -hmm. 
you know, it gets really big, really fast. And then, yeah, that was definitely a decision maker for us as well. When you get, it's kind of like, okay, so we are both stay at home moms. Mm -hmm. That is a big adjustment to make. That was really hard to transition through that. Right. Mm -hmm. And to get to a point where we felt okay with, Mm -hmm. you know, with just the the finances of of making that work and making those sacrifices. So if you have this influx of funds that you're able to use for your schooling and then all of a sudden it's not there and you have to go backwards, right? And get used to all over again, Mm -hmm. not having those funds and paying for your schooling out of pocket. Right. Definitely something to consider. So my last thing is, is and I, again, I'm very new to the homeschool community, as we've talked about. So why is this such a touchy subject mm-hmm. in the homeschool community? I mean, we're all trying to do the right thing for our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a touchy subject and it makes me sad. It's definitely something that, in my opinion, Satan uses to divide us. If I were to put words to it, which mm-hmm. is hard, I would say that all of us are here in this homeschooling world because we love our kids and because we want to do the very best for our kids that we can. Mm -hmm. And so when one group is over here saying, this is the best way to do it, and another group on the other side is saying, no, this is the best way to do it, then feelings get hurt, right? right? It's hard if I've decided to do this for someone to say, no, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. You're not, that's not the right way to do it, Mm -hmm. right? And then the same thing on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just one of those subjects that's really touchy because it's personal. It's personal to us because we care about our kids and we're doing this because we love them so much. Just like anything with policy and unfortunately, a lot of the things nowadays, you know, it gets, we, we allow politics and policy to become personal and it can unfortunately hurt feelings and it, we really should just love each other. Yep. Absolutely. You know, we all need Jesus 24, 365. As Danny Goki says, all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Love Danny Goki. <laughs> so, yes, yes. I, I mean, I, I understand that, you know, some people think it's this way or that way, but I think the biggest thing that we all should learn from this subject in general is that whether you're taking ESA funds or your traditional homeschooling, we're all just trying to love on our children the best way possible. And we hope that what you're hearing from what we're trying to help you hear and explain is that the the funds that might be coming from the government are going to always come with strings attached. And that in our opinion, in my opinion, I'm not going to speak for Christina, but in my opinion is not how I want to run my schooling in my household. So you can speak for me, sister. <laughs> you know, I never want to put words in her mouth. So I'm going to just that that's just not how I want to run school in my household. I don't want to to give the government an inch to let them take a mile. Mm -hmm. And they do that enough in a lot of other things already. And I just want to be able to teach my kiddo what he needs, how he needs it in the way that works for him. And if that means that I have to personally fund it myself, then that's what I'm going to do. Because guess what? I'm his mom, not the government. I'm his parent. And when I said, and I adopted and I signed with those papers on the dotted line from the government, I said, I'm going to take care of him. That's what we're doing. doing. (laughs) But Um, yeah. I mean, is there anything else that I'm missing? Well, I do want to point out just a couple more things. Yeah, absolutely. Point it out to me. Yeah, share share it. So one thing that I wanted to make sure to address is the reason it is so important, regardless of which side you are on, 
why it is so important to keep the definition separate and not to lump homeschooling and ESA together. Uh, Like I mentioned before, there are five homeschooling options in Arizona. Those include public school, private school, charter school, homeschool, and ESA. It is super important to keep, even though our day-to-day may look the same with what we do, we're sitting in our house, on our couch, at our kitchen table, we're teaching our kids what we want to teach them, even though it looks the same. We need to keep those definitions separate to protect traditional homeschooling. So for the past 40 years, people have been fighting for our rights to homeschool so that we can sign that affidavit and teach the way we want to and and not have testing or attendance, any of that stuff, right? If we blur the two together right, and something goes crazy, the government decides, hey, you know what, you guys, we need to, we're paying for this, we need to test you, then that's going to backtrack everything that's been worked for. Right. So we want to make sure that there is something to come back to Yeah. if there's a, a need to line. come back to it. Like if you choose mm-hmm. to take ESA and it gets to a point where you say, this is too much, I don't want to do this anymore, mm-hmm. you are you can leave ESA whenever you want to. Right. You can come back and sign the affidavit whenever you want, but we want to make sure that you have something to come back to. Right. And those of us that are fighting to make sure those rights stay free are going to keep fighting right. to make sure that those rights stay free. And to do that, we want to make sure that those definitions stay separate. Good That's point. super, super important. That's a good point. I mean, and that's the thing I think some people forget that you either sign an affidavit or you sign a contract. Yes, you don't do both. You don't that do is both. very important. Like, you don't do both. Signing an affidavit means you are homeschooling. Signing a contract means you are becoming an extension of the public school system, basically. Yep. You're home home educated with an ESA. Yeah. Yep. So there are two very different lines because of the universal verbiage it is being blurred unfortunately and like christina said if you are currently taking esa more power to you you know god bless you and hopefully because of what's happening you have something to come back to if esa were to be shut down or if it were to go back to only being available to special needs and military families because that's a real possibility, you guys. I want you to understand, think about the process of the math isn't mathing. I love y'all. The math isn't mathing. The amount of money that's going out into this program and the amount of money that's coming out from taxes, it doesn't touch up. If the program doesn't exist in, say, two to five years, there's you have to have something to come back to if you want to continue to home educate your child. That's what she's saying. And I'm, I'm, I'm right there with her. I'll be down at the Capitol this year. All right. Anything else? Okay. So then one last thing. Uh-huh. Um, we I'm talked about it. special needs. We yes. know we know what it's like to have Ooh. a special needs kids. Mm-hmm. And we know that those therapies can be expensive mm-hmm. and costly and time consuming and all the things. Yes. And so parents think the ESA is like the only answer. Mm-hmm. What what other options do we have? There are so many other options. And I know that that is a hard thing to process. Mm-hmm. But there are resources out there for those that have special needs. And there have been families upon families that have homeschooled 
their children with special needs without the funds. Mm -hmm. Know that there are resources. Um, I actually saw something on HSLDA's website today. Oh, did you? I did. I was looking through it when I was prepping notes Mm -hmm. and there was a um, application for a compassion application for homeschooling for special needs. There are programs out there um, that are not government funded that are grants or just ways to help struggling homeschoolers. So that is an option. There are free resources. There are close to free resources that you can find by reaching out to your state org, Mm -hmm. uh, by reaching out to support groups. There are even even taking it a step farther for those that maybe aren't special needs, but, you know, we'd love to have our kids. We need to have our kids in extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. right? There are those those can add up. Those can be costly. Absolutely. But there are programs out there that help with that, too. Right. So just as an example, my daughter loves horses. Mm-hmm. She has loved horses for as long as I can remember. Right. And doing horseback riding lessons was something that I never thought that we could afford it's not it's not uh not a cheap sport not a cheap sport (laughs) it is not at all but you know what we were blessed to be able to find a ministry that that is their ministry it's faith-based and that's what she does is she shares the love of jesus with her riders while she is teaching them to ride and you know what i don't have to spend a lot of money there is resources out there if you don't want to take the funds whether you have special needs or not, right. there are resources out there for you. Right. Just wanted to put that out there. I love it. I'm here for it all day long. I mean, and, and we've talked about this in the last couple episodes. So if you haven't listened to those, you can kind of go back. But I have a special needs kiddo and he is getting into the first grade here now. I believe in the next couple of weeks or so, um, we're going to have a how to homeschool special needs kids. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really excited for that episode. And so, I mean, stick around because we're going to have some resources and just some things be like, oh, I don't even know if I should have my kid evaluated. Or so you know, there's lots of things that you can do for kids who are special needs or you know, you're not even sure what does special needs mean? We'll talk about all those things. There's so much that you can do that you still don't have to rely on the government. You just, you don't have to. I promise you. Anything else, my friend? Did we I miss think anything? We covered everything. I'm sure there's plenty more that we could. I'm sure there is. And I'm sure about, there but is lots of tiny, tiny details that we could have gone into. But I think the brief overview of this is the best. And if you need to do your due diligence, that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, go find the documents and read through them because. That's the best way you're going to learn reading through that 186 page document. Yes. All day long. I guess that's one point that we didn't make for any of you listening who are new to homeschooling. There is not a requirement. It's not a expectation that if you're homeschooling, you're taking the ESA. Right. There are plenty of people out there who do not take ESA for many, many, many different reasons. If you are new to homeschooling and you're like, hey, what is this ESA thing? Hopefully this kind of helped give you some perspective on both sides. Right. And just know that they're they're not one in the same. Right. You, You do not have to take the funds. Just because you're homeschooling does not mean that you are automatically an ESA taker. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That is the truth. It is. They're separate. So hear that. 
All right, guys. Well, that was a really um, awesome episode, in my opinion. It was hard because we have kind of been stressing about it all week because it's, <laughs> you know, it is a it is a tough subject in the homeschooling community, and we obviously want to do it with as much grace and love to you guys as possible, knowing that we in no way, shape, or form want anyone to feel any form of judgment. We wanted to do this episode with as much kindness and love as possible. Even though we are not ESA families, we love ESA families because you are loved by God, and that's all there is to it. And so we are here for you regardless to how you choose to school your family. If you're in a public school, you're here too. And that's awesome because we love you moms regardless. Um, so we just, you know, we're really, really, really hopeful that this, this gets to the people who are debating and just needed more information. So we really hope that that gets to those people. All right. Well, Christine is going to pray for us tonight. Okay. All right. Dear Lord, thank you so much for everyone that's listening. Thank you for speaking through us and just help everything that we said to be a blessing to those that are listening. Help them to hear our heart and just the love that we have for homeschooling and that we just want to share you and all that we do and do what you'd have us do for our families. Thank you for blessing us with these kids that you've given us that we get the opportunity to homeschool and thank you for helping us make it through each and every day pray this in your holy name amen amen if you found value in today's show we ask that you subscribe and review and give us those stars and join us in our communities on facebook instagram and tiktok just know that we love you all so so much and cannot wait to come back at you next week we'll see you then Bye, guys. Hey, bestie.